Welcome everyone to the Exceptionally Irresistible Podcast, a show that talks about how people and businesses can become more exceptional and more irresistible in their personal and professional lives. I am your co-host, Baruch Dubrow, and I specialize in helping people live a more exceptional life. And I am your co-host, Yermi Kirkus, and I specialize in helping people become more irresistible. Together, this show is meant to inspire people to become more exceptionally irresistible in their personal and professional life. Who wouldn't want that, right? Are you ready to level up and one-up your life and business? Then let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Exceptionally Irresistible Show. Episode 19 is titled Being the Bigger Person. Yes, it is the continuation to the last two episodes. Episode 17 that spoke about being a person or being a man where there's no other man or where there's no other person. The last one, which spoke about episode 18, where God doesn't give us what we cannot handle. So think of this episode as kind of like part three of the discussion in which we are going to go into much more depth into what it means to being that bigger person. How do I develop that? So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the abundance mindset. Also, the scarcity mindset. Those two things typically go side by side with many people. We're going to talk about how does it all tie together, the mindset, purpose, spirituality. And I'm going to tell you a short little story about when I was in eighth grade, we were playing a game of, uh, I believe it was a hangman or something like that. And my mm. teacher put on the board a five or six word thing. We we're trying to figure it out. And we got to don't throw stones in a glass. And I said, shoo. And everybody was like, what? Because really what the saying is don't throw <laughs> stones in a glass home. So we're going to get to that and an amazing story that Yermi has there. But first, Yermi, everybody, when they hear abundance mindset, typically thinks mm-hmm. of abundance in financial terms. But right. I know you have a little bit of a different approach. So can you talk to us a bit about what your approach to the abundance mindset is? Absolutely. So yes, typically abundance mindset and scarcity mindset, these are financially you know, related. However, I like to take it one step further. How are you going to get to that abundance, mm. you know, in terms of financial or, you know, what is, what is the psychology behind this right. abundance mindset and scarcity mindset? And it does tie in very much to the mindset, the purpose, the spirituality. So I think it's three answers in one. What is the difference between abundance and scarcity in a sense? Let's let's look at the scarce person, the person who thinks that there's only a limited amount of something. What tends to happen to that person when you think in a scarcity way, you are afraid that there's not enough of something that you're going to start closing in and you're going to start hiding stuff and you're going to start putting away things and you're going to start, you know, doing all these things in order to save up for, you know, for all these different whatever. Versus if you are of the abundance mindset, you believe that there's abundance of everything. You are more open. You are more generous with your money, your time, energy, all that kind of stuff. You are living a more, um, a less, a less restricted life, if you will. Mm -hmm. From the financial side, the scarcity mindset believes that there's only a certain amount of money in the world. There's only a certain amount of business in the world. There's only a certain amount of income that person could ever make and they have to compete to get all the clients or to get all the the money or whatever it is whereas the abundance mindset from a financial perspective sees it as well you know what there's enough money to go around for everybody there's enough business that goes for everybody and so i'm just gonna do me and i'm gonna do my thing and 
I'm, I'm going to earn whatever I'm going to earn, and that's great. And that's going to be enough, and that's going to be great. However, and here's the kicker, abundance mindset and scarcity mindset also plays into every aspect of our life, our relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why that's why these things are directly related to the level of success. This brings us to Napoleon Hill, think rich and grow rich, right? Right. Which basically means the moment you start thinking in this abundance mindset and you start behaving in this abundant way, and the moment you 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 invite that into every aspect of your life, you are going to see results across the board. And it goes without saying, it's going to make you exceptionally irresistible. Mm-hmm. But let me demonstrate that with, with a story. And let me tell you what was the behind the scenes of that. This was in a time when it was a very, very difficult time for me. And I was just angry at the world. I was angry at everything, at everyone at this period of time. I was going through a certain, you know, some therapy. So I I was aware of different behaviors that I could act. And And I like to call that time of my life the transformational learning time. So this is when I'm trying to learn and challenge my way of thinking. So yes, I was angry at the world, but I'm trying to no longer be angry at the world and, you know, develop myself into the person who I am today. So this one time I was sitting in the synagogue and there was this rabbi who got up there and gave a speech and gave a talk. He spoke and he was talking about characteristics and he was talking about attitude and he was talking about, you know, different things from mystical teachings, you know, which I take a lot from this particular book, the Tanya it's known as. And he was giving this lesson on it. And I was just listening and something in me just wasn't sitting right. I did have some history. My family has history with this teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a teacher and he's also a rabbi. And I know how he behaved as a teacher completely 100% contradicted the court, the class that he was giving. And I got triggered. Okay. I was easily triggered at the time. And I called him out and I said, you know, without the explicit words, but basically BS, you are full right. of beep. You are full of beep, you know, and I, and I went, yeah. And I really, really went at him, you know, it was wrong of me. I will admit it. To my surprise, the rabbi actually took it very graciously. And he said, if you don't mind, at the end of the at the end of the class, I just have to finish off the class. I would love to see what 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 is it that you mm. are finding that is not right. And I, I'm opening up the the opportunity to have this discussion and explore, you know, where did I go wrong or what happened and anything. And I was like, wow, like, hmm, like I did not expect that. So Turns out, I explained to him the situation. I explained to him my connection. I explained to him all that stuff. And he says, you know, I have nothing to say in my defense. Let, let's let's do this. How's every Tuesday night after the evening prayers? How about we learn this book? You know, this book that I'm now referencing. How about we learn this book together every night? A couple of minutes, 15 minutes or so. Not, not that long. But how are you open to that? Every Tuesday night, is that work for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. And so we we did that. We did that for a few weeks. And one of the weeks, there was a certain situation where there was a beggar that he would come to our synagogue and he would sleep in the sanctuary, which is very mm. disrespectful to the sanctuary. You know, the rabbis of the synagogue didn't mind if he slept, you know, outside or whatever, but not inside the actual sanctuary where the Torah is, where the where the holy right. books are. Yeah. It just was disrespectful. And he would come dirty in, in Montreal and Canada. There's snow and all that stuff. And he's coming with yeah. his bike, you know. And it was just, it was really, really, really disrespectful to the sanctuary. And they tried very hard to persuade this individual to not show up. But he he consistently, you know, disrespected them. And he consistently 
came in and all that. And so there was this rule that you keep the door locked at all times. You don't allow this guy in, you know, all these different things. They didn't want to call the cops. They didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but mm -hmm. they just didn't want him to come into the sanctuary. And so somehow he managed to enter the sanctuary that one Tuesday night that I happened to be there and that mm -hmm. we were learning. Somebody, I guess, forgot the door open. I don't know what happened, but he ended up being there and a fight broke out. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden, books were flying, uh, benches were flying, chairs were flying, things were flying, tables were being turned over. It really became a big commotion. And I looked at him and I got up and I walked up to the beggar as soon as I realized, you know, that it was safe. And I really looked at the individual that was in front of me. I didn't see him as the beggar anymore. I saw him as a person who was hurting, most likely. All he wants is a safe place to sleep at night. And I really put my mind into this space of looking at the human that was standing in front of me. And I walked up to him, you know, hands up. I'm, I'm raising my hands here in demonstration. And I said, is it okay if I, if I come closer to you? And he's like, he, he's defensive. He doesn't know what to do. And I said, all I want to do is hug you. That's all mm. I want to do. And I walked up to him and I hugged the guy. He calmed down like snow on a melt on, on you know, like on a, <laughs> on a scorching right. day. He melted. The guy stopped and he started crying uncontrollably. And he said that this was his first hug. As far as he can remember, ever since he was a child, he lost wow. his parents when he was very young. You know, he started opening up and, you know, he was on the streets, not because he wanted to, but just because he had no direction in life and whatever. And he's never been hugged ever since he was a kid, ever since he lost his parents. Wow. And so that demonstrated to me, you know, that expression of don't throw stones at a glass home because here was a hurting person and here was a person who all they needed was this love. Yeah. Now, if I came from a scarcity mindset, I would say, this guy's an idiot. This guy's being disrespectful. This guy is, and I would be in on this, this whirlwind fight. But I came with the abundance mindset, which that rabbi, by the way, demonstrated to me. Mm -hmm. He opened up the conversation. He opened up the possibility. And I believe that inspired me. And that gave me the, the ability to be that way towards that individual in the synagogue and to de-escalate the situation, I told him, you know, very nicely, please go outside. He went out very nicely. The, the situation de-escalated within seconds right after that happened. And problem solved. He didn't, he didn't enter the synagogue again. He didn't anything. And he was all of a sudden respectful. That goes to show the abundance mindset is how we relate to other people. Right. You're afraid of competition? Invite them to a conversation. Invite, you know, maybe there's a way to collaborate. Maybe there's... You know, that's the abundance mindset that I'm talking right. about. So I think I literally just took half of this episode. I hijacked it. We can but end I it. Want to hear your... <laughs> that, but that was I so want to brilliant. Hear... We, we can end it right here. But no, but that was incredible. <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing that story because it really, it, it, there's so many layers to that. And that kind of mm. taps into what we were talking about in the previous episode, how what you do will come back around to you. So, you know, you kind of attacked right. the rabbi and, and he opened himself up and he calmly accepted right. it. And then what ended up happening is this person came in and people were attacking him or, or there might have been this initial instinct to attack, right. but instead you welcomed him in. And that's incredible. And, and like you said, I think mm -hmm. that really is the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset mm -hmm. is this idea of always looking for an opportunity, always looking for a solution. I mean, if you think about it, this whole show and this relationship right. between you and I came from an abundance mindset. I At the time, that's I had a scarcity mindset of, uh, what am I going to do? I'm not going to ever really be able to build my coaching business enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had this small thought of, you know what? 
maybe there's something or someone out there. And as I mentioned in the past, I was on a, I was, I believe it was Bizfluence. Uh, this guy, Yermi Kirkus, commented on a post about coaching, <laughs> on one of my posts about coaching. And he's a CPO. What's it? And we started this conversation and you approached it from a place of abundance. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, there's stuff that I know with coaching and consulting and I'm, I'm more than happy. And I was so shocked by, I remember the, that. by how much you gave me in that. I think we were officially scheduled for like an hour, maybe 30 minutes. And we ended up speaking for like two hours or something. Yeah, then, two, three hours. My wife was worried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that, this was only an hour meeting. Yeah. Right, right. And then out of that ended up becoming more conversation and more conversation. Mm-hmm. And then my wife and I spent close to a week with you and your wife out in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, because of that abundance mindset right. that we both shared of being willing to – we're not competitors. We're both in the same industry, maybe doing things a little bit differently. But, I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think as has been evidenced by this show over the last – 19 episodes in many ways you and i think very much alike and we do things in a very similar way so a lot of people in a scarcity mindset would say oh that's competition whereas Mm. you approached it and you were able to teach me as well that this is no this is abundance that i i'm not going to be stepping on your business's toes or stepping on your toes you're not going to be stepping on my toes on the contrary how do we build something bigger and better out of this you know and and because the two of us were able to approach us with abundance mindset we were here at episode 19 of the Exceptionally Irresistible show. Can, how many people have been impacted sure. by what we've been able to bring? And not to stroke our own egos and toot our own horns, but you know, just from what we've been hearing so far. And because of that, the people that are listening to this are able to go out and impact others. And that's sure. abundance. Abundance is like this ripple effect of when you do one good thing, it's going to ca- cause another person to do another good thing and another and another and it just expands from there on out and who wouldn't want to be a part of that who wouldn't want to be the cause of something so good for so many people and i know i'm i'm here today not because of my own choice or because of anything that i've done there was somebody that inspired me to do what i do which eventually led me to, to meet you. And then there was somebody else who inspired that person. And now because we're connecting, you know, we inspire each other and, and you're going out there. And I'm sure there was somebody that inspired you to get to where you are. And it's just, I could go on and on and on, but, but that yeah. is, that is the abundance. The abundance is what is, what are the options? What are the opportunities? What are the different pathways that we can go down? And, and that's with, with anything. It's that really positivity that possibility i had a facebook post a while back and i'm pretty sure it was from when i was in hawaii at the time and i was doing my coach training course in that module my coach trainer had talked about either believing in yourself or believing in other people as being capable and i I put this facebook post this this like two-liner what if we held people as being capable you know there's an idea of holding them accountable what sure. if help as being capable? And it's sure. funny because I got some feedback on that post and some people were like, oh, that's absolutely amazing. And then I got feedback from one person who was like, well, why do people need to be held capable? They should know it on themselves. And I, it was funny comparing the two types of people. That was coming from somebody who was very much in a scarcity mindset and sure. their life was a life of scarcity. Whereas all the people mm-hmm. that were that were so pro it were, were coming from a place of abundance. Right. And, Again, if we hold people as capable, 
and we hold ourselves as capable, that's abundance. I, I totally relate to you. And I just really want to point out one thing and that's it. This blew my mind and I think it's going to blow everybody else's mind here. When I was in McGill and this was my very first time studying about business and everything, I was in a marketing class and I remember sitting in a class and my teacher was sharing stories about how these massive companies became the massive companies that they are. Mm -hmm. So he spoke about Coca-Cola and Pepsi. He spoke about Playboy and um, Penthouse. And he spoke about Apple and Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So these three companies who, who, you know, anybody in business knows that these are direct competitors, major, major, major competitors. However, they are still the two leaders of their industry. So Coca-Cola and Pepsi in, you know, in soft drinks, mm -hmm. adult entertainment, you know, adult magazines were, you know, Playboy and Penthouse. And in the computer world, in the technology world, Apple and Microsoft. And he was sharing stories about how these companies actually were working together, mm. not against each other. And that's how they got to the top. Right. So he gave us the example of, you know, in the 60s and the 70s, Adult magazines were completely illegal. These two founders came together and they discussed if we create this kind of like competition or if we create this, this, um, you know, this kind of momentum that goes and, you know, who's going to, who's going to outdo the other kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Number one, we're going to create fun time for ourselves. Number two, it's actually going to become more acceptable for our brand. Like who could outdo the other now? Who right. could become more controversial, controversial than the other? And then other people are going to be talking about it. And that's, you know, free marketing right there. Apple and Microsoft, a lot, a lot of, com you know, a lot of collaboration that they did, you know, behind the scenes, before the scenes. You know, if you could Google this, you're going to actually see pictures of in the 60s and the 70s where, you know, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates are in the same picture. And they're still talking to each other and they have they have the same mentors and all that stuff. So that triggered in my mind. Wait a second. These are the top leaders of their industry. And they're working together and it seems that they're not. And it seems that they're mm -hmm. in competition, but really they are collaborating. And that that invited me to collaborate my seemingly, you know, competitors. And you're 100% right. That's why we have this show, because you are awesome in things that, you know, I, I'm perhaps not as great as. And together when we collaborate, you know, we could provide all this incredible, incredible stuff right. to our, yeah. you know, to our audience and to other people. 100%. I'll, I'll finish off with one thought, then I'll let you close this up. Sure. You know, I, I saw yeah. somewhere, I'm going to butcher the names. I think it was Michael Jordan. Somebody once asked Michael Jordan for business advice. And Michael Jordan, again, that's who I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is, agreed. He, he very happily agreed to mm -hmm. give this guy advice. And then the guy turned to him and said, how come you don't do this with more people? And he said, well, because nobody mm -hmm. asks. And that's right. the thing is here, let this be a collaboration. Anybody who's listening to this that, that needs help with something or wants advice mm -hmm. or input on something, Yermi sure. and I are here to be collaborators. Reach out to us. Don't 100%. be strangers. Nobody here is going to bite your heads off. Like, please. Like, I only got to where I am by asking for help, asking for input, saying hello even. Just maybe you don't need sure. to work with anything. You just want to say hi. Reach out to Yermi. Reach out to myself. And, and we'll be more than happy to help, to give input, to chat, to say hello. I love coffee. I'll grab a coffee with you if you're local. <laughs> no, and, and let's yeah. see what great things can come out of collaborations. That's right. And that actually concludes the 19th episode of this awesome. I love this. I love this show so much. So if anything, yeah. I'm doing it for myself, <laughs> but it's an awesome show. And thank you so much, Baruch, for joining and collaborating with me on this one.
And tonight you're going to meet another collaborator of ours, you know, who potentially thought that was a competition. In fact, I'll give you a hint. We share the same name for the, for similar programs. How would you how would you deal with such a situation? You know, you find out that there's another guy who's doing almost exactly like you're doing. He even has a program the same name as your program. What are you supposed to do? Come tonight and come meet that guy. We actually work together. We actually are doing collaborations and we invited it in. That's mm -hmm. what this all this is all about. So you don't want to miss tonight's interview. So show up and the link is in the show notes below. And again, thank you all so much for joining to today's show. And we will see you next week for a continued discussion. See you soon. Until next week, we would like to leave you with a blessing from my wonderful children. May you be blessed with all of your heart's desires, for a good and an open and revealed way.